welcome to Tales of Existence with me, Daniel Savage. Tales of Existence is a podcast that tries to find the answer to the question, what does it mean to exist? We do this each week by asking our guests to create their own fictional and hopefully hilarious tale of existence through the medium of what we like to call a tale baby. We'll be raising this fictional creation and making decisions on its life based on our own guests' experience of existence. You'll get it when you listen, don't worry. This week I have Simon Butcher, a currently furloughed head of marketing for iconic Manchester venues, the Albert Hall, the Death Institute and Gorilla. He's also been a music journalist and was also a live promoter for Northern Noise alongside myself. This episode was recorded during lockdown, so if Simon sounds like he's speaking from down the telephone, it's because he is. If you want to find out more about Tales of Existence, then head to our website or check out the podcast description for any interesting links. Okay, that's the intro. Let's find this week's Tale of Existence. Enjoy! But yeah, this is Tales of Existence. Um, so we'll be ra- raising some sort of baby together. <laughs> wow, it's my dream come true. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess if you're good to go, we'll we'll start we'll start with it, right? It shouldn't take too long. I Should think we do a formal hello. We could we'll do a formal <laughs> one, and then if we need, it, I can edit it in. Uh, hello, Simon. Hello. All right, there we go. That's the formal. <laughs> yeah, that's out of the way. Tales of existence. Basically, we're going to be raising this baby through um, its life and possibly death, depending on where you want to take it. Whilst also finding out a bit about you, hopefully, because you've you you're you've got a life. <laughs> <laughs> you exist. Who's having the baby? Do I have to do that, or do we designate it? So it's quite painful. Well, yeah, this is it. And not something I've got any experience with. No, or will ever have, I guess. <laughs> So I mean, it's it's up to you whether you want it just to appear into the ether, or if there is a there is a mother of some sort or some sort of being that produces it. How would you like it to to come into the world? What's I think the I want you to give birth to it. I want you to be the mother. I want you to go through the pain. <laughs> oh, and, so uh... I mean, in this fictional thing, I would still feel pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. For my pleasure. <laughs> Okay, so I'm giving birth to it. Um, is it you is do a good birthing impression right now of the experience. <laughs> oh, is it just like having a big poo? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I mean, you're an actor. You know, this is this is like a Holby City audition or something. <laughs> is that one of the episodes? <laughs> I I give birth. Yeah. That was a kidney stone, sorry. <laughs> so is it going to be human? Are we raising a human Oh, baby? wow. Okay. Or is it, is it going to be like an animal or a, an alien or some sort of creation? I think it should be an alien. Okay. I think it should be a green alien. Your classic alien, you know, almost not from the film alien, but just what people think yeah. of. When they see an alien. Big head, big Green, eyes. slimy thing. Yeah. That's what we give birth to. So that's to. what I'm giving birth no, to with maximum together. pain. 
Okay, okay. Um, has it got a name? Well, I, th- I, I, I guess we should both speak about that. I don't want to... Um, well, no, this know, is your creation. Baby. I'm just... Give birth to it. Yeah, but I... Right as well. <laughs> I'm I'm just a, a vehicle for the for the birth. I'm not. I don't have any ownership of it. Okay, it's going to be called Quasar. Quasar. Okay. So your your tail baby is is Quasar the alien. Yeah. Uh, that I've given birth to. Now you were born in Rochdale. Do you want it to be born in Rochdale? I actually, I was born in Manchester, but I, I was raised in Rochdale. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm a Manc technically by default. Um. So when I I don't know if, I don't know if I should say but like when I was born there was like complications with my birth okay. and I ended up being born in a hospital in Manchester because it was like an emergency thing uh, but yeah that might be too dour to go into but I'm a man I'm a man okay. I'm a man I'm a man well there were no and complications so when I gave should birth be from Manchester where all the best things are from okay um, so how how was Rochdale growing up was it was it not would you not recommend it for an alien. I think an alien would get, you know, ostracised slightly for being different in any society. <laughs> but I think in Rochdale in particular, being different isn't perceived as a quirky, cool thing. It's not like, you know, hipsters in the music scene all want to be different and cool, but then end up being generically the same. I think in Rochdale, you don't want any differences, especially in high school, because then you'll be seen as different and no one wants to be seen as different okay so i think it'll have a tough time <laughs> did you have a tough down. time were you it's seen as different place. it's a tough working class uh hairs on the chest kind of place uh, i don't you have just any hairs on with things even though they're shit and you don't <laughs> question why they're shit you just do them anyway <laughs> brilliant uh i mean it, that sounds a lot like your asda career right <laughs> yeah yeah so you know People have friends in high places and people get them their first jobs. If you're from Rochdale, my friend in a high place got me a job in Asda working in the supermarket. That was literally uh, <laughs> what that life was like, which I was, I'm actually really grateful for because I couldn't get a job with my fucking degree. So, yeah, I ended up in a supermarket. Yeah, well, that's the way life is, right? Passing my master's degree. Quasar is going to be born, not in Rochdale, but it's going to be born in Manchester. Yeah. Um, do you want it born um, at the same time you was born? Do you want it born in the past? Can you not refer to it as it? Because I'm Quasar. Is it, is it him? Actually, what is the gender of Quasar? Yeah, sorry, I've assumed. That's, that's, I need to do better. Well, you've assumed it's an it, which is probably worse than he or she or anything else. Yeah. Okay, Quasar is going to be... Is Quasar, what, what kind of name is that? Is it male or female? Well, you're, you I mean, came up with it. One is called Quasar, probably, that's the thing. Okay, Quasar's going to be female. Okay, she's Quasar. Um, so would you like her to be born in the present, in the past, in the future? What, what time would you like, do you think that she'd have the best experience growing up? I think the future could be interesting, given... Is it not just going to get worse? Moment. I don't think you want... <laughs> I don't think there's much point being born in the present because it's quite a status quo-ish time. Although, if you're born in the present, your future's in the future, and that's pretty good. That, yeah, that is true. That's um, how time works. Okay. Let's say five years from now. 
Okay, so you're not going ambitious like a thousand years ago. 2025. Okay, when things should have calmed down. Yeah, that's that's my time frame of how long it's going to be before things calm down. Really? Five years. (laughs) I mean, um, for people listening, you're uh, heavily into the music scene in Manchester, so you... You sort of. Uh, what's your job title? Even though you're furloughed, what was what would you call yourself? A promoter, or, or what? So I was head of the marketing and ticketing for the Albert Hall Gorilla and Death Institute. All the best, and I All did a bit ones. of um, booking in shows as well towards the end before I was furloughed. Yeah. So are you are you hopeful that that will be back in 2025, or will it be a bit sooner than that? <laughs> I'm hopeful that it's going to be back in 2025, but. Given the way things are going, we could be heading towards, who knows, like a recession and then a war, like all the <laughs> other good tumultuous times in history. So maybe none of us will be here in 2025. <laughs> It'll just be Quasar. <laughs> She'll be there just going, where is everyone? <laughs> this will just be a file on a laptop somewhere while everyone's dead. <laughs> what a way to spend the, the last days. Just me ringing Probably up my get friend. discovered by an alien called Quasar from another planet. <laughs> Um, like, oh, this is what civilization was. Yeah. Um, but are you are you hopeful then that the music's going to return by the end of this year, or what's your professional opinion? Good question. It? I think um, some other countries right now have started doing live shows again, but limiting the capacity of the crowds. So, I mean, there's no way I can answer this question without, you know, if this comes out in the future when everything has changed without sounding like I didn't know what I was talking about unless I predict it absolutely correctly. Well, we should say that. But I presume that um, some kind of shows will come back maybe later this year, maybe small shows, or maybe they'll open venues but with a, a strict capacity limit but that might actually make it really difficult for venues to open because you can't financially make it work on maybe like 200 people in the Albert Hall or whatever it might yeah. be. So I think it probably won't get back to absolute normality until like late 2021. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the, I think a lot of promoters are booking in shows for like October, November, 2021. There's quite a lot of stuff getting booked in for February and March, but that's almost kind of could be wishful thinking because it's like that war spirit of oh it'll all be over by Christmas but we really don't know so I reckon things are going to have to open because the economy depends upon it and then it'll all just come down to personal risk and if young people feel safe going out maybe they'll go out um, regardless and we'll be allowed to house them but then obviously they could spread it to other people. So yeah, it, it's a minefield and I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, no, I think that was a good attempt to uh, answer it in the current state of affairs. I should say that pretty much any kind of information anyone says about the virus is immediately out of date. <laughs> yeah. It's like five minutes later, there'll be an announcement that actually <laughs> it, it, chickens pass it on and you should never go to a farm well, yeah. again. I was thinking about going to the zoo soon. As of when we're recording this, the uh, the government have said that zoos will be open on Monday, so you're you're going to take advantage of that. The thing I like about that is that they've signalled out zoos <laughs> of all things. Like, <laughs> you know what? Though the zoos are all right. 
Well, because they tried to open the schools and they've gone, they've backtracked <laughs> on that and then they've just looked down the list and somehow zoos were, ne- were under, <laughs> zoos were under schools. We can't open this, we can't open this. Uh, <laughs> zoos, yeah. Give them zoos, that'll make them happy for a bit. <laughs> I do love a zoo though, I've not been to the zoo for a while. I've not been to the zoo since I was like a kid, so I'm kind of slightly excited. Oh wow! So when was the last uh, time you saw like a proper animal? Last time I saw an animal, like well, a proper one, like a wild, a, a one like a. Does a sheep count? They're not really wild, are they? <laughs> no, like a. I don't want to say foreign animal because that makes me sound Brexit, but um, you know what I mean. It's very fitting for these times. I saw a kangaroo when I was in Australia. Oh, okay. Years ago. But see, that's, that counts. That's yeah. still a couple of years ago. When we were talking about uh, the music scene, obviously, that was kind of a dream of yours growing up, right? Was that something you always intended to do? Yeah, I think it was. So... I went to uni, same uni as you, I went to Lancaster Uni. Big up Lancaster. And, uh, <laughs> I uh, started writing for the uni paper, doing like album reviews because the paper gets sent free CDs ahead of release to review so that they can get students into the music before it gets released. And then I started interviewing bands through that and coming down to Manchester on the train to go and interview people like Dan Lasak and Scroobius Pip. And I think one of the first ones I did was the Subways, even. They're still oh, going. Nice, yeah. Now. But yeah, they were pretty young back then. Oh, my first ever one was Forward Russia. That was amazing. Forward Russia? Like, yeah, they're like a punky, punky, crazy band. And they're, I think they're from Leeds. And there's like eight of them. And I remember just being really drunk in their dressing room, asking them questions, and then all of them. Sit, like talking over the top of each other it was an absolute <laughs> mess but I just couldn't believe I was allowed to do it and go backstage and stuff like that it was great <laughs> I listened to it back the next day and none of it made any sense really <laughs> and they were really drunk as well so that's good so I started interviewing bands and I think what I actually wanted to do was go into music journalism off the back of that um, and I started working for Q Magazine after Unity did a bit of writing for them I helped out on their web team and went to Glastonbury with them in 2010, oh, that nice. year that it was really hot and England got knocked out of the World Cup by Germany or something. And oh, okay. I don't know. I remember it really well. And um, I interviewed Jamie T there and Professor Green and I had a whale of a time. And then from that, I went on to uh, write for NME and Mojo and Clash. I did some work for Clash in their offices. So I did do that for quite a while. But you couldn't really make, or I couldn't make, very much money. (laughs) (laughs) The Fly, which was a free magazine that was around in London. Actually, it was national, but yeah, I was in their office and that was connected to a promoter company. So they shared the office with promoters. And I realized that what we were doing in the magazine was just writing about what the promoters were doing. So I decided I wanted to have a go at being a promoter so that I was kind of finding the bands at grassroots level rather than just getting told about them by a PR company and then going along with the hype or what everyone was writing already. So I started putting on shows. You started putting on shows with me. Yeah, we, uh, we started Northern Noise, which, Northern went, which Noise, went well. Yeah. 
We had Idols on, which was pretty cool as a support band. Yeah, that's the one I go to, even though I, I genuinely can't remember it. <laughs> but I've got the poster up and my name's on it, so... <laughs> 50 quid it was to book them. Yeah. They came all the way from Bristol in a car. Yeah, that was a good one. And they were really good people as well. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I think we did some shows at Death Institute. Jim Noir was the first one. Yeah, Lucy um, Rose. Lucy Rose, that was it. That was probably the biggest one. Yeah. And then I got asked to work for the Deaf Institute after that. And so that's how I got my job. Yeah, and then you... you asked me or have I just gone on and No, that's fine. That's, that's great. Because, <laughs> uh, well, that was it. I was talking about, like, it's, it's nice that you kind of... You started wanting to be a journalist and then you've managed to find yourself still working in the music industry, but... Uh, maybe something that actually pays rather than the sort of now magazines are all dying <laughs> and going yeah, online. But now the music industry's dying. So <laughs> just everything maybe you I'm touch. Just a bad omen. <laughs> but yeah, got, coming back to Quasar then. So um, mm. would you want her to follow in your footsteps, or what? What would? What's the dreams of uh, Quasar in twenty twenty five? I want to be that kind of parent that wants their their alien to go in the <laughs> similar path to them. I think. They need to find their own place in the world or the universe if they're an alien. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like them to kind of, I wouldn't want to pressure them. I'd want them to find their own niche and do something that they want to do. Would you encourage creativity then or would you, now you've seen the sort of behind the scenes of the music industry, would you, would you tell us to stay away? <laughs> it's a tricky one because um, create. I think when I graduated, I was more of an idealist than a pragmatist. I think I just thought everything was going to be all right and that I was really cool. <laughs> and um, Hey, you are cool. cool. In a way, <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like everything would be all right and I believed that I had talents and everything would be just work out for me. Then I ended up working in Asda. <laughs> <laughs> that brought <laughs> so you down. I, think I realized that, oh, capitalism, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you've got to, uh, got to actually pay attention to that and make money and provide a service for society or or just monetize something yeah. in any way. So I think I've become a lot more pragmatic since getting this job and working before as a music journalist. And um, yeah, I think I would say, I would definitely encourage creativity. I think there's no reason to be alive other than if you enjoy creative, fun things, artistic things. Um, you know, that's the art is the cherry on the top of life. Yeah. Podcasts are part of that. <laughs> uh, reading opinion pieces in newspapers. You know, discussion, art and art is the kind of the reason to exist. Well, and, but then also I would say, you know, have, a, have some grounding in reality as well. Yeah. I would definitely kind of, I remember when I was looking to go to university and people were asking me what I was going to do. I just chose things that I wanted to do. And maybe, and some people did say to me then, oh, but are you, how are you going to get a job from that? Or how is that going to work? And I just thought they were being really boring <laughs> in my teenage head. But in reality, they were just trying to say, you know, there's a bigger picture here. And I don't think I had an appreciation of that at the time so I'd probably try and instill a bit of that but then Quasar would probably just think I was being boring and do their own thing hopefully yeah <laughs> and it would work out in the end so you were saying like because um, obviously this is called Tales of Existence and you mentioned like 
you know, what's the point of existing without without creativity? Is that something you feel? Does music and and creativity like does that give you a reason to exist? Almost, do you put it in that kind of importance? Yeah, I think that the reason I get up in the morning is to explore new things in the world and to learn things that I don't know about yet and try them out and better myself as a person and try and find new ways to do that. I don't look to get out of bed to solely become a success at work or make more money. Yeah. Or, I mean... I know some people are really business driven and I guess I'm making some sort of distinction there, although it's still, like I said before, it's still important to do well in those things. I think it's also really important to do well in your spare time and to make sure you're using the most of your life. And I think creativity, every decision of that that kind is a creative decision. Like I've really got into brewing my own beer recently Okay. Or brewing kettle, and that's like a whole area of life that I didn't know anything about, and now I'm kind of geekily getting into, <laughs> and I'm trying out new recipes, and I've, I've bought a brew kettle to brew things at home, um, and I'm starting to notice different flavors in beers when I'm getting them, or when I was getting them in the pub, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so that's an area of exploration, and that's creativity, um, and I, I, I went climbing earlier this week, which is oh, okay. another area that I've, I kind of started exploring in and I, I went climbing outdoors for the first time in like 15 years so I'm learning different knots and how not to die and how to <laughs> learn to calm down and enjoy it well that's some that's some things that Quasar can can definitely use then how not to die and how to, to how not to, to die knots. is a great skill to is, have. is that one of the things that you'd really promote to 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 her yeah <laughs> learn how not, to, how die. not to die I think most parents do that one a bit too much really they don't give their kids enough freedom that they kind of you know they'll let them walk along a wall but they'll be right by the side ready to catch the kids if there's any chance of it falling and i guess uh yeah people have that one down but you need to give kids chance to fall over and make mistakes as well yeah i don't know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um have you ever uh struggled with existing and what would you say to Quasar if she came to you one day and was like, oh, I'm really struggling with being around? I don't think I've ever struggled with the idea of being around. I think I've probably been depressed before. I'll just, you know, I'll keep referring back to the Asda time. It seems to be quite a seminal moment in your life. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get back to... In a moment of... Um, not really knowing it was a very small life like a closeted existence i don't know there wasn't many opportunities at that time and other than ones i was making for myself in other areas but in terms of work it was really hard to find a place and and know i knew what i wanted to do but it didn't look like there was much chance of it really happening and i tried a lot of different ways to make things happen. I wasn't just being lazy or, you know, I wasn't depressed to the point of not trying, but I can kind of, it gave me a taste of what being depressed might be like and kind of how it might debilitate people at the time that they need energy the most. Because I hadn't done anything wrong. I'd 
graduated, I'd worked really hard. I'd applied for grad schemes, and I probably didn't get them because I didn't really care about them. <laughs> but um, I, I tried to get on, but I couldn't. I wasn't finding a way to get on. I only got the ASDA job because someone I knew worked there probably wouldn't have even got that. So it, it was a, around an economic depression time that was as well yeah. when we graduated. So stacking shelves at night while listening to audio books, thinking like, what the hell am I doing? And people that I was working with um, would sometimes be like, what are you doing here? You've got a master's. You know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't say that I was thinking like that necessarily, but I definitely thought there was more to life and didn't know how to access it at the time. Basically there, we've covered the life of, of the tail baby. Uh, so now we, we, now we get onto the future of the tail babies. Will uh, Quasar, um, will sh how old do you think is a good innings or do you think that she'll live forever? Like, what would you prefer? Would you even like to live forever? It's a good question. So one of the people, <laughs> going back to climbing, there's this guy uh, who free soloed El Capitan. Oh yeah, I, I watched that Alex documentary. Yeah, I watched that. And everyone thinks he's crazy because he goes up there without a rope and if he slips, he, he will die. Like there's no way out of that. And he's fully aware of that going into it. And he does a lot of interviews and people say to him like, you're risking your life. But in his mind, he's just living, you know. He's taking a calculated risk because he knows his ability and he knows the consequences and that's part of the thrill. And it, it's kind of like, what is the best? Is it, is it the best to just try and live to 100 <laughs> really cautiously yeah. or to go out there and live your life and, and uh, take those kind of risks? I'm a pretty cautious person by nature, but I try to push myself to do new things like that and yeah. like put myself out there. So... I don't know. I, I think 70, it's easy to say now when I'm 33, but maybe 70 or 75 <laughs> is all right. It okay. all comes down to your health, really. Yeah. I'd rather take a risk and die earlier having tried to do something great than not try it out and then just yeah. while my time away watching <laughs> uh, Homes Under the Hammer in a nursing home. <laughs> Although being furloughed is kind of like being in a nursing home, and I, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> so I've not been out that much. If I'd, I'd done this podcast in another, uh, if I'd done this in another two weeks, you might have a different answer. You might be like, actually, this is great, just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd get used to it. <laughs> just making your beer. It's a, tough one. it's a good question. I think uh, it's something that I think about more as I get older. I definitely think I need to use my body as much as I can while I can use it. And I can understand okay. why someone like Alex Honnold would decide that he's doing that. And if it, if he fucks up or it fucks up, then it was worth it. Cause if you don't take risks, you've not lived your life. Uh, great. So would you, would, <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> no, like, that, uh, that, it's great. <laughs> no, that was really, really insightful. I really like. Thanks for that answer. Um, I'm, I, again, this is my third first podcast, so I'm I'm learning the uh, etiquette rules. I should really have asked you for tips before we'd even started, but 
Um, oh, you're doing well. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, so, about it. <laughs> so the other thing with Quasar is she going to live this life alone, or is she going to find love? Is she going to? Is it? Is it necessary to to find someone else, or what would you? What advice would you give to to Quasar the alien? Would she need to find another alien, or would would? Well, I don't know if you're okay? aware of how these kind of aliens reproduce. But, oh no! Please explain. Um, you need at least seven or eight people in the same room at once. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like her to have the opportunity to um, to procreate because that's kind of the instinctual drive that we all have, perhaps. Most people do. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but with seven or eight different people. Seven or eight different people of various different genders. Uh, yeah, it's a complicated process. Okay, so just a free-for-all, really, for, for yeah, Quasar. it's crazy. Um so, yeah, I think everyone wants love, don't they, Sav? Everyone wants to find love. Well, yeah, we all do. Some of us are <laughs> lagging behind others. <laughs> Me. I don't think there's anything wrong with living alone. I think a lot of people get married and have that loving relationship and then for whatever reason it doesn't work out. And some people after that experience, you know, they've been through it so far through the process that you, they've come out the other side and they're like, I can't be bothered to go through that again. And I think that's, <laughs> just, that's also Just fine. out of laziness. Like you might you see people in their 50s and 60s who maybe are widowed or they've lost their husband. That's the same thing, is it? I can't remember <laughs> which way around it is. You know, some people just get out of a really long relationship and then they're like, I can't be bothered with that again. I'm happier on my own. And some people are just happier on their own. Yeah. So I think each to their own. And I wouldn't want to impose my values on my alien child. I'd like them to explore for themselves and work it out for themselves through <laughs> experiences in rooms with more than eight people. In the- <laughs> I mean, that sounds like solid advice. I might take that one myself. <laughs> the, tr- the trouble is finding those seven or eight people. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. It's a, it's a lot. like one of them. How would you even invite people to that? Would you just send like a, a mass email or would you have to do it in anyway. person? I think it'd be uh, some kind of Tinder invite system where you don't even know them before they turn up. <laughs> you don't even see the face? No, it's just who's available now. <laughs> just... That seems to be the way the culture's going at the moment. Well, maybe I after lockdown, after lockdown, maybe everyone's going to be so How are p- so single desperate. people dealing with... Like, I I was thinking, how are single people dealing with their sexual urges in lockdown, other than the obvious uh, (laughs) conclusion we can all think of? Well, you know, we're all trying out different techniques. (laughs) Technically, right, it's illegal to invite someone round to your house for a briefing camera. Yes. So There's no ships passing in the night. Are people by that and then just being celibate, or are they breaking the rules? What I mean, are you doing, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I would never break the rules um, <laughs> for anyone listening, and it is it is tough, you know. But then the the thing is, though, I I was having I I wasn't like having loads of relationships, and then lockdown started. I was like, oh, for crying out loud! Yeah. Uh, it's That's it's nice to blame it on it's nice to blame it on lockdown <laughs> because not many people have spoken about that and. It, it must be but, a concern for. It must affect more people than are obviously in a relationship. So. Yeah, I want to know like what, <laughs> what 
Because the supermarkets must be seeing, like, an increase in some sort of products <laughs> that they wouldn't normally. Like, why, why are people buying all of this? <laughs> I don't know, tissues or yeah. something. Uh, like, how are people dating? How are people Tinder dating? Well, I, I saw there's a, a friend of mine who is doing a date every day for the month of June um, online. So it's a 15-minute date every, um, every day. And then she, like, talks about it and does a review. So, oh, that sounds harsh. Yeah, so I, mean, I guess that's one thing. I, I was never good at the online dating and anyway, like with Tinder and stuff like that. It's fun to swipe, but then... Anyway, you, you, well done on turning that on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Louis Theroux. In conclusion, this, this is Quasar, the tale of Quasar. Quasar will be born in Manchester in 2025. Um, I will be pregnant with her. <laughs> <laughs> and give birth painfully nice. to Quasar, who is a girl and also an alien. She's your classic alien. Green, slimy, big eyes. You, uh, you don't want to pressure her into anything growing up, but you do want to encourage creativity. That's where you think existence that's a, that's a big part of existence for you the only thing that you would shy away from that i gather is that you stay away maybe from asda <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. or specifically that branch maybe yeah it's not worth the 10 percent discount card you get <laughs> basically existence is about trying new things not being scared and taking risks ultimately you'd want her to live to about 70 after finding love with around seven to eight people in the same room. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. What so a life. Like so yeah, that's the life, life of Quasar. Are you, are you happy with that? Sounds like quite an adventurous life and a, a nice ending to top it off. Basically, anything else you'd like to add? I hope things are all right in the future for Quasar. Yes. I hope in five years' time we have a nicer society. Obviously, there's movements going on at the moment and... That's a great thing. People are looking to change the way we're living right now because we're in this time of reflection and hopefully we will address things like, obviously, race and poverty and discrimination in general in society. Yeah, which will be good for an alien. I think, I, think, I think we're pretty much sorted then. I think that is the tale of Quasar and, and also the tale of Simon. But yeah, well, thank, thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. Um, also, I guess we're hoping to put on some gigs at some point again oh, yeah. in the future. That's that's all in sort of early stages. Maybe we should have a, like just a big outdoor one that hire a field that everyone can stand to. Yeah, away that from. could be the future, you know. There's a lot of people doing outdoor concerts yeah. and stuff. But we'll see. But yeah, thanks again for being on the, the very first episode of tales of existence uh, i want to thank you for for your tale and for quasars and uh, hopefully she has a, an amazing life with all of this advice and all of these uh, points that you've made oh, thanks very much it's nope. a great idea I, I really think it's a good framework for such important questions yeah. it's a nice way to, to deal with them yeah it's a good idea i wish you good luck with it and Go and interview some more interesting people than me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right then, mate. Well, uh, thanks very much and goodbye. Nice one.